Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 8, starting in verse 4. Amen. As we go there, I want to thank Pastor Rice, who obviously is not here, but I always count it as an honor to be behind this pulpit. Amen. Especially with him not here. Amen. It's a great honor, and so I, I thank him very much for the opportunity. Amen. Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 4, says, Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto these things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies, and that were lame, were healed. And there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was the great one. Amen. He was convincing people that he was God. He was a witch. To whom they all gave heed, from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they have had regard, because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. The witch sees the goodness of God. Amen. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, He offered them money, saying, Give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay my hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Amen. If you'll lay your Bibles down next to you for just a few moments, uh, I want to preach to you under the title, Not for Sale. Not for Sale. Amen. Would you lift your voice all across this place? Lift your hands with me. Let's just ask the Lord to have his way in this place, to open our hearts, to receive right now. Jesus, in your name, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, for your power to save. God, for your mercy and grace that's new every day. Jesus, right now, God, I pray that there be an outpouring of your spirit in this place, God, that we'd be sensitive to your word, Jesus, that we would respond to your word today, that it would be impactful and sharp in our lives. We give you all the praise and all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Any shoppers in the house? Anybody like to shop? Looks like we also might have a couple liars in the house. No, we like to shop, don't we? I mean, don't take me to a clothing store, but if you want to go to Cabela's, you call me. I'll go. We like to shop. I like to bargain hunt. My wife is an expert at bargain hunting. She is the type of lady that walks into any store, anywhere, 
with like a picture of her great grandma, three coupons and 12 cents and walks out with like a cart full of stuff. Like where, where, how'd you do that? You know, she's just that kind of, of shopper. She's an expert at it. Uh, my mom, I remember my mom, I was in high school one time and she called me, I was sitting in the car at the, at the grocery store. She's inside. I'm in the car. She calls me and she says, Hey, I need you to come in and carry some boxes. I'm like, man, what did she buy? So I walk in there and she's got like four cases of a barbecue sauce. I'm like, what are you, what are you going to like do with all this barbecue sauce? She's like, it doesn't matter. They're paying me to take it. And I'm like, what'd you just say? She said, they're paying me to take, just go load it up. Just get out of here. So she gets in the car and she tells you, she's like, I had a coupon for $2 off a of barbecue sauce and it was on sale for $1.89. So they're paying me 11 cents for each one of these I take. So I took all that I could find. That's a shopper, y'all. But we do. We, we love to shop, to shop. We love going in. If you're like me, I love going on vacation and just walking in little, little shops that, you know, not a chain store, not Macy's or something like that. These little shops that have just different stuff. And you're like, oh, wow, that's really neat. You can't, you can't buy that in Sparta, Illinois, right? I, I like to look at those things. But uh, every once in a while, you, you run into something that is uh, pretty eye-popping if we're honest. You walk in, you're like, oh, this is so cool, and you pick it up, and you're like, whoa, not that cool. Get me out of here. Anybody ever done that? Accidentally, like, even looked at something that was too expensive, and now you feel like you need to, like, run away? I'm like that a lot because I had no money. But we do that often. We see how expensive uh, things can be. Sometimes things are priced that you simply cannot buy them. There are possessions so prized at times that they cannot be bought, period. The world's most expensive custom yacht. It's a super yacht, they call it. Estimated at $4.8 billion, with a B, billion dollars. That is an expensive boat. If any of you have that kind of money, why are we in this building? Right? The fact of the matter is it's expensive, and we can't, we can't afford something like that. The world's most expensive telescope, the Hubble Space Telescope, $2.1 billion. World's most expensive painting sold for $300 million. Even for uh, uh, us that may not have all the money in the world or, or expensive possessions, there are some things that money just cannot buy even from us. It's one thing to look at the things that other people have and be like, wow, it'd be cool to have that. Um, I have no need for a yacht. I don't think there's a lake around Sparta big enough to hold a super yacht. But if I had that kind of money, why not? Why not have a yacht, right? But the fact of the matter is no one, have, no one has it, do we? But what we do have is things that are very special to us. There's some things that we, that we own that, that money cannot buy. The Bible I have in my hand today, uh, this was a gift from Blakely and, and Morgan several years ago. It's in much rougher shape. It's been used a lot since then. But uh, this is a nice Bible. It's not an you know, absorbent amount of money. It's just very moderate. But, but this Bible is something that you could not buy from me. It wouldn't matter how much money you offered me. It wouldn't matter uh, what, what you could give me. It, it would not, this, this Bible will never leave my possession unless it goes back to Blakely as an old man. Like this Bible, I will always own because there's some things that money just cannot buy. My desk at work, I have a, a, a desk that they give me. I'm not really sure why because I'm never in my office, but they give me one, and so my desk is full of pictures of my kids and and little trinkets and, and, and such. And a couple of weeks ago, uh, my kids know I love to golf. And they went to the thrift store with their thrifty mom because that's what she does. And they saw a 
a little golf ball stand. This is like a three-prong holder for a golf ball. And they saw that with a golf ball on the bottom, and they saw the golf ball, and they're like, Daddy will like this. Daddy will want this. So Morgan, you know, was like, if you want to buy that for Daddy, you can buy it for Daddy. So they bought me that, and they bought me this little uh, wire um, configuration, human-type thing holding a golf club. It's like a little um, statue-looking thing. And uh, they, they bought those for me, and I know they weren't expensive. I, they bought them at the thrift store. They could not possibly be that expensive. But I remember them wrapping them up, and they gave them to me when I got home from work, and they said, this is for your desk. And, of course, as a kid, as I'm opening it, they're like, it's a golf ball holder. You know, they're like, they're super excited to, to see the look on my face. And I know for a fact that we couldn't have spent more than a couple dollars on the set combined. But I can tell you that those things will always set on my desk. They will always be there because I remember the attachment that they had, picking it out, buying it for daddy, giving it to daddy. And now they, they came to my work a couple weeks ago, and they ran past me to my desk. They looked up, making sure it was still there. It means something to them, and so it means something to me. We have things that are, are important to us, and so we place great value on them even when there's no price tag associated with them. Some things just cannot be purchased. Some things can just not be bought. Some things matter to us too much to allow out of our, our, our possession. So in Acts chapter 8, we read that Philip has gone to Samaria to preach the gospel, and he drew crowds that couldn't wait to hear what he would say or see the miracles take place. And in his ministry there, people were saved from demonic spirits and healed in their bodies, and, and all was going well. People were enjoying the good life that Philip had, had brought with them. They, they liked to see the good things taking place. In verse 9, we see where even the local sorcerer, the local witch, has uh, been compelled to believe and be baptized in the name of Jesus. Great things are happening. It's a phenomenal time in Samaria. But with that, I want to draw your attention to, to a few key points, even thus far in our text. Number one, the goodness of God cannot be denied. Let me tell you something. When the witches start bowing and saying, I, I want that, I'm here to tell you, church, you've got something in your possession that money cannot buy. You've got something more valuable than anything else on this earth. When people who oppose God fall in line with God, you know you're in the right place. Amen. When people see the blessings of God, they want the blessed life, don't they? You show me blessing and I want it. You show me a super yacht, I'll take it, right? Because we want the good things. We, we want peace. We want joy. We want a fresh start. We want salvation. We want the good things that Jesus offers us, do we not? We love those things. We can't live without those things. And all of these things are possible when you have the power of Christ applied to your life. Can anybody testify that when you receive Jesus, everything changed in your life? I mean, that's the type of revival they're experiencing. They're seeing things with clear eyes for the very first time. Their life is forever changed. In Samaria, people began to see the goodness of God, and they wanted it for themselves. And so they became uh, believers and were baptized, but had not yet received the Holy Ghost, the Bible says. So Peter and John came to join Philip there and when they began to lay hands on these people and pray, the Holy Spirit filled them. Amen. What, what a sight that would be. When Simon saw that they laid their hands on people and they were filled, he did something many of us uh, wish they could do at times. He tries to buy the power of God. 
Don't you wish sometimes there's just something that you could just do? Something you could just give, and all of a sudden, like, God would take care of something? Anybody ever been there? Anybody ever prayed something along these lines? God, whatever you have to take, just take it, please. Just fix this. Anybody ever prayed something like that before? Yeah, we have. Many of us have. Okay, and so Simon is, is, is doing something that we're like, he tried to buy the Holy Ghost, and we're just completely dumbfounded. But oftentimes, we want the same power, don't we? We want to, to know what it's like to just be able to apply it at our, our leisure. When Peter heard that, that this was happening, he rebuked Simon. Local witch had tried to buy the gift of the Holy Ghost, but I've come to preach to somebody today who maybe you've never experienced it or maybe you've forgotten the power that you have in Jesus Christ, that if the witch doctors and the demons flee out of the presence of God and not only flee but come back and are like, wait, 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 I want that. Not only am I afraid of that, no, no longer is it just like, oh, I can't be around that, but okay, I, I want it so bad. I see the power so bad that I have to come back to get it. If those types of people are looking to capture the spirit and use it for their gain, you can be sure that there is nothing like the Holy Ghost in all the land. I can promise you with all certainty that there is nothing like it. There's nothing you can buy. There's nothing that you can give. There's nothing that you can receive. There's nothing that you can touch. There's nothing that, that can be achieved in all the land. The Holy Ghost is one of a kind, y'all. There's nothing else like it. There's nothing more powerful. There's nothing more important. There's nothing that can make you feel better than knowing that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. And so I pose this thought to you today. If we know how good the Holy Ghost is, if we know the goodness of God is, is unmatched in our life, is it something that someone could buy from you? Is there a price tag hanging on your spiritual walk with God? Is there something that does or could convince you to not live a life full of the Holy Ghost anymore? That's a hard question to answer because our, our spiritual mind says, no, of course not. I would, never, I would never sacrifice what I have in God for earthly gain. But our carnal mind says there's a $4.8 billion super yacht out there, and there's this job, and there's this car, and there's this, this thing, and there's that thing, and I want this, and I need this house, and I work my life away so that I can gain this. And at the end of the day, what do we have? Nothing. So although it's a, 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 maybe a simple question, it's a question you have to answer for yourself. Is there a price tag hanging around your salvation today? Could the devil offer you something that would deter you from living the life that you are to live for God? If you look at the response of Peter in verse 20, it says, But Peter said unto them, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. What Peter is really saying is this gift, this thing that you want, Simon, it's not for sale. You can't buy this. This is not something that you're taking home with you. And so I wonder today with the same mindset, if there's anyone in this place that would join me in telling Satan and all those around, you know what? This is not for sale. You cannot have my kids. You cannot have my home. You cannot have my peace. You cannot have my joy. You cannot have this spirit. You cannot have this church. Whatever it is, I want you to know, devil, that this is mine. This is a gift that God has given to me. And in this house today, I'm here to declare to somebody that it's not for sale. You can't have it. Why? Because it means something to me. God has given it to us. 
And we'd be foolish to allow it to go into the hands of someone who would use it for ill gain. There's nothing that can separate me from the will of God. At least I like to think and I pray that that is the case. And I refuse to give uh, anyone what God has given to me for any amount of fame or fortune here on earth. Matthew 6, 19-21 says, Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your heart is, your treasure will be also. Basically, if you will follow uh, what you value the most in life. So what is your treasure today, church? Where is our heart at today? Is it full of the Spirit? Or is there something inside of us longing for more? Is it more of the Spirit? Or is it more here on earth? Is it more possessions? Is it, is it this thing? Is it this position? Is it this title? I hope and pray that this body values the gift of the Holy Ghost enough to say that this is my treasure. This is my prize. This is, this is something that is, for me, it's my gift, and I will not let it go for anything else in this world. We have to be careful that we do not sacrifice a power unlike any other for things that can be ill-gained. So often, especially in youth ministry, and this is not a shot at young people. I love our young people. But so often I see them, I see them sacrifice the spirit for things that they'll eventually get anyway. I know that sounds, I know that sounds odd this morning. Allow me to explain. I see 13-year-olds give up the spirit to gain something that just by maturing in the spirit, they get at 16 anyway. They get at 18 anyway. They get when they're married anyway. If you, just, if you just wait and do it the right way, you're going to get it anyway. You, can, you don't need to get it the wrong way. Just wait for God to give it to you. And so we have to be careful that we do not trade things that we're going to get anyway. That if we just mature, if we just follow the leading of the Lord, they'll eventually come. Don't bypass God and in some way sin trying to claim what God wants to give you this morning. That's where Simon finds himself today. Is like, he wants the power of, of the Holy Ghost. If he just got the Holy Ghost, he would have it. Where he lost it is trying to buy it. When he tried to gain it the wrong way, he, he did away with it altogether. We have to be mindful of the way we go about gaining what it is that we need in this life. And I've come to tell you today that it's not something that you can buy. It's not something that you have to beg for. It's a gift. Simon is trying to buy a gift that God wants him to have. So while we cannot be willing to sell the gift of the Holy Ghost, it is a gift given to everyone. So maybe you're here today wondering what it is that is so great that all of creation wants it and your heart is open uh, to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Lord wants to give it to you. If you're open for it, God will give it to you. I believe that God will give it to you today. Why? Because it's a gift that he wants you to have. There's nothing that you have to buy. There's no magic equation to, to make it all come about. Simon is proof of that. When you try to overcomplicate it with process, you lose it. If you'll just open yourself to God, you will receive it today. 
This isn't something that is bought or sold, church. This is a gift from God. It is the best thing that can happen in life, and it costs you absolutely nothing. It's the equivalent of, but wait, there's more. Everybody's like, oh, hold on, let me cross out that check. There's more coming. So while we cannot be willing to sell the gift of the Holy Ghost, we have to understand that it's given. The Spirit uh, is powerful and, and important in this way. The Spirit gives us new life. In John chapter 3, there was a man, the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou do, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his, mother, his mother's womb and, and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, You must be born again. Being born again means new life. It means a fresh start. It means everything that was there has died, and you are going through the birthing process again in Christ. Does it look like the birth we've, we've experienced already? No, absolutely not. It's one of what? Water and spirit. It's completely new, but it gives us new life. Psalm 103 and 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. He gives us something completely different than everything else we've always known. Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, what gift of God is that? The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. By new life, we are made completely new. We have a, a future established. We have one to be proud of. When our life is saved, we feel indebted, though, don't we? I'm sorry, if you push me out of the way of a moving truck, I'm going to be attached to your hip probably for the rest of your life. Why? Because, like, I will never forget the time that you pushed me out of the way of that truck. Maybe you had a great doctor in a certain circumstance, and whenever they give you the good news at the end of it, you're like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Like, you don't even necessarily care to see the medical bill anymore because you know where you'd be without that medical care. Right? When our life is saved, we feel indebted. But Jesus says it is a gift. There is no debt. There is no repayment. There is nothing expected. It's, it's something that he wants to give us today. And so while it gives us new life, it also edifies. Galatians 5, what the fruit of the Spirit is, quote them with me, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Verse 24 says, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Meaning that once we get this new life, we stay that way because who we are is love, peace, patience. It's not sin. It's not temptation. It's not uh, affections and lusts anymore. It's that of the Spirit. So when we have Jesus, it changes us. Can you imagine if everybody in this world had the fruit of the Spirit? That's a crazy thought to think about. No war. No violence, no debt, no hunger, you name it. 
We'll say utopia is what it would be like. It'd be like heaven is what it'd be like. Right? Can you imagine what the world looks like with that kind of, with that kind of power? When we have Jesus, it changes everything. If It applies power to us. Proverbs 8 and 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. Exodus 3, we see the story of the children of, of Israel and Moses, where Moses is like, look, yeah, like we'll go, but we're not going anywhere unless you're going with us. Unless you're going to lead me, I'm not going. When we go with anointing and spirit, nothing hinders us, but without it, we wander around completely lost with nothing to do for years and years and years. All right, we need the spirit because it edifies us. Would our music come today? We need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost in our life. More than anything, we need it, and I hope that you want it. But again, understand that this is something that you're not going to trade for. You can't barter for. You can't buy. It's not something sitting on a shelf somewhere. And my caution for you today, as I prepare to try to drive this home for you, is this. Understand that God is not a commodity that is bought and returned off of a shelf. We do not go to, to, to Walmart and buy God off a shelf like we do when we have a cold and need medicine and then just throw them in a box when we feel better and move on. No, no, no. It's not something you buy. It's not something that can be traded. It's not something just sitting around waiting. No, no, no. It's a gift. And it's a gift that God gives freely. Would you stand with me today? What is our response when a gift is given? I'm going to be honest with you all. You call me whatever you want. I like getting gifts. I do. I like getting gifts. doesn't mean I expect anybody to spend a bunch of money on me at all. My favorite things in life are things that cost virtually no money. My favorite things are things that my kids buy at the thrift store. My favorite things are things that people make for me. I, I like getting gifts. Do you like getting gifts? It's okay to admit it. I like giving them, too, if that makes anybody feel better. But I like getting gifts. But when you receive a gift, what is the response that we have when we receive one? I hope that when you receive a gift that means something to someone, you don't open it and look at it and thanks. Right? It's not a pair of socks on Christmas morning most of the time. It's something meaningful. It's something powerful. So how do we receive a gift? It's something that was freely given. You know, we don't have to, we don't pay them for it, do we? That wouldn't be a gift anymore. We don't try to, to barter. We don't try to, to trade it. No, it was given to us, right? It's something that we value now because it was from them to us. And so if our response in receiving a gift is one of, of sentiment, if it's one of, of love and, and graciousness, of Thank you, which I hope it is. Thank you for giving of yourself to me. 
so that I am better for it. There should be something inside of us that exceedingly claims like thankfulness. Like, thank you for this thing. Thank you for what you have blessed me with. But then you apply that to the Holy Ghost. You apply that to the Spirit of God. It's one thing to receive a Bible, and I, you know, I, I love the Word of God. It's, it's wonderful. And I love this Bible. It's a great Bible. But it's more than even just, just this. It's, it's life. It's life. It's a, it's a roadmap to life. When, when we have the Spirit, we, we already said that it gives us new life, that it edifies us. It, it not only makes us new, but it keeps us moving in the right direction. It is something that changes your life forever. And nothing is expected of you to receive it. Why? Because it's, it's not for sale. And so maybe you're in the house today and you've never received the gift of the Holy Spirit. I believe that day, today could be your day. I believe that there's a God in this room with a gift with your name on it. And he just wants you to receive it. He just wants you to open your arms and to claim what he's giving you. Or maybe there's someone in the house today that has received the gift of the Holy Spirit, but maybe you stacked it away on a shelf and you haven't looked at it in a long time. You need to remind yourself that this is something that is powerful. This is something that is beautiful. And this is something that you're not going to get rid of. It's not going in the, nar- in, the, in the next yard sale. It's not something that someone can walk by and be like, oh, I love that. Can I have it? No, no, no. This is mine. God gave me this new life. God gave me this gift. And so I'm here to remind somebody that it's okay to reclaim what's been given to you. It's okay to stake claim on the goodness of God in your life. It's okay to declare victory over things that you don't understand because you have him behind you. And so as I close, I ask that if there's anybody in the house that maybe you've never received the Holy Ghost, maybe you want a refresher of the Holy Ghost, maybe you just need to remind yourself of how much it means to you. Would you join me at this altar? Would you come up this morning? And let's just bind together. Let's just pray as a church that the Spirit would be with us. Don't you want the Spirit in this church? Then would you come right now? Would you join me up in this place? Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.